there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one new page of Talmud every day. And you heard right, that theme music is different, which means that today we start a brand new tractate, a brand new Masechet. No longer are we discussing Yevamos today. We begin a brand new book of the Talmud with Tractate Ketubot. And as per usual, as we begin, as we take that first hesitant step, as we dip our toes in the calm, cool waters of the Talmud, there is one man who holds our hand to whom we look up to lead us safely to the other side. My dear friend and teacher, Rabbi David Mashevkin, how are you doing? Liel, what an absolute joy to begin another tractate. We're now all the way deep in Seder Nashim, the order of the Mishnah that talks about familiar relationships. And now we are getting to a tractate that talks about something that may be familiar to many. You may even have one hanging on the wall of your home, and that is the ketubah, the marriage document, which occupies at the center of this entire tractate. Now, let me ask you, Liel, I'm just curious. Are you a hang-the-kesubah-on-top-of-the-wall kind of guy? Looking at it right now. So it's so interesting, throughout Jewish history, you could even go back, I believe in the Cairo Geniza that they found from hundreds of years ago, the artistry that went into the Ketubah documents, so beautiful, they're so artistic, and people hang them on their wall as art. And there's one thing that people rarely do with the Ketubah, and I almost recommend that they don't, and that is read it. What exactly is on this document? What exactly is this document about? And as we're going to explore in this tractate, as artistic, as beautiful, and as meaningful as this document is, if you actually read it, it seems almost like a financial transaction. It is about the obligations of a husband to his wife in the event that the marriage, so to speak, falls apart. And it's so interesting that this document, which is not written with this loving language, it is not the wedding vows, it's not the spouses looking into each other's eyes, professing their love for one another. It is really about the obligation of the spouses to one another, the financial obligations to one another. And it's always struck me as so strange. You see this hanging on people's walls. It's written in a fairly archaic Aramaic the language that we derive specifically from this tractate. And you wonder, like, why don't we have more mushy, touching language? Why don't we have something more heartfelt, like write out your vows to one another? Why are we hanging the financial stakes of the marriage to one another? Why would we hang this on our wall? Why has this come to represent what marriage, what Jewish marriage is all about? And I believe that at the heart of all of this, the secret of the ketubah is the very real, the very material obligations that a marriage creates. A marriage and love and the familial bonds of husband and wife create something so much more than just love and starry eyes looking into one another's eyes. What love actually creates are obligations to one another. Obligations that can sometimes be fairly mundane, 
stakes that can be fairly provincial and not so romantic and highfalutin and conceptual, but very real obligations from one spouse to another. And why I think that is so meaningful is very often we can get lost in this starry-eyed notion of what marriage and long-term commitment is all about. But if we don't understand that commitment begets obligation, we will never be able to foster the long-term type of relationship that Jewish homes and Jewish lives and Jewish history has all been built upon. That it's when spouses come together, the expression of their love is not just in romantic poetry. The expression of their love is taking out the garbage. The expression of their love is real commitment and real obligation to each other. To know that this relationship has stakes, has responsibility, and can't just be dissolved in those moments where that romantic love isn't expressly felt. Because if we're able to transmit that love, even through mundane obligations, then even when we don't feel so romantic or so poetic, we know that the relationship endures. And at the heart of this tractate, and again, I hate to give spoilers, we'll see that there is an analogy to the relationship between the Jewish people and God. That, so to speak, in the relationship between Knesses Yisroel, the collective body of the Jewish people, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and God himself, so to speak, there is this sense of obligation, of almost material obligation, concrete actions that actually ensure that this is a relationship of substance that can't be easily dissolved. There is a fascinating document that I hope to return to that Rabbi Moshe Chaim Letzato wrote who was an 18th century Kabbalist, really fascinating, and he wrote a document called the Sod HaKetubah, the secret of the Ketubah, and it is a mystical reading of the Ketubah itself as an analogy to the relationship between the Jewish people and God himself. And in that relationship, he says that we also, so to speak, have a ketubah between God and the Jewish people. And if you look at the end of this tractate, again, no spoilers, so you could turn it off now for those who don't want to kind of ruin the ending of this tractate, but the the entire ending of this tractate actually talks about the love of the Jewish people at God for the land of Israel. And that is because the land of Israel, so to speak, Eretz Yisroel, functions as the ketubah between our relationship, the relationship of the Jewish people, and the relationship to God. That in this holy union, so to speak, the stakes of what has been put up, so to speak, in this dowry, in this marriage obligation, is our homeland. Of saying, we are going to come together and build a home in Eretz Yisroel where the Jewish people and God like the marriages that we build in our homes that have very real stakes, that we have a place and a home to come together, this marriage, this union between God and the Jewish people cannot be easily dissolved because we have the real responsibility and homeland, the ketubah, so to speak, of the Jewish people being Eretz Yisroel, the land of Israel itself. Rabbi Beshevkin, I cannot wait for this journey and I cannot wait for your wisdom and guidance. Thank you as ever for being our teacher and friend. So excited to join with you on this journey. My absolute pleasure. 
This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay and Quinn Waller. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Mark Oppenheimer, Sarah Fredman-Ader, Robert Scaramuccia, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic, and we will see you again soon.